Okay, brilliant. So this morning, we're going to be continuing our series on our values. Over the last few weeks, we have been looking at our values, which are about loving God, presence and growth. Our values that are about loving one another, community and ownership. And today and next week, we're going to be thinking about our values, which are about going and making disciples. Uh, Today, we're going to be looking at confidence. And children and young people, I'm going to need your help. So if you could all come down here, I've got some things that I'd like to share with you as well as everybody else and some various different things for you to do this morning. So if you could kind of come here, that would be fabulous. Thank you. So beautifully modelled. Anyone else? Parents, you can come as well if it helps. Young people, we definitely will need your help later. So today we're going to be thinking a little bit about confidence, about what it means to speak out about who Jesus is. And next week we'll be thinking about being outward looking, about orientating ourselves to those that don't know Jesus. Okay, so children and young people, I know that you guys have got a lot to teach the rest of us about confidence because I've seen for myself and I've seen and I've heard stories of you guys taking your Bibles into school, of you telling your friends about Jesus and how you follow him about inviting your friends to Christian Union or club night. I've seen you guys do that, and you are an example to the rest of us. And so thank you for your confidence in sharing about Jesus. I think you're fantastic. Now, I've got a story for you. So I want you to imagine and picture the scene. It's Tuesday night. What is happening on Tuesday? It's okay. You're allowed to say it. What's happening on Tuesday? Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah. So it's Tuesday night. You're sat around the table eating your dinner. It's six o'clock and you hear this. It's a knock at the door. Who do you think it could be at six o'clock whilst you're eating your dinner? Who do you reckon it could be? A trick-or-treater. It could be a trick-or-treater, right? I wonder what's going through your mind. What are you thinking? I know when I was a child, I thought, oh, good, mum, you go, because I'm going to stay here and carry on eating. (laughs) I was a little bit scared to go to the door. But your mum goes to the door, and she opens the door, and sure enough, they say, trick-or-treat. And your mum says, Oh, thank you so much for coming to the door. It's great that you've come to the door. Um, It's great to see you. Here's some sweets, but we don't actually celebrate Halloween because we believe in Jesus, who's about life and light. And they look a bit perplexed. And as as she says this, you decide to poke your head around the hallway. And sure enough, you lock eyes with the children that are at the door and they're in your class at school. What do you feel? Do you feel excited that you've got the opportunity tomorrow morning to share about who Jesus is? Or do you feel a bit scared? 
I know I certainly would have felt a little bit worried. But do you know, we have got an amazing message about Jesus, who is about life and light. And we have got amazing things to tell our friends, even if it feels a bit scary at times. And today we're talking about confidence and having confidence. Now, there, I don't know, I know that there are some Strictly fans amongst us, but they're at Browning Guide Camp. Are there any other Strictly fans here? Anybody that watched Strictly? Phoebe, brilliant. Okay, so a couple of years ago, it was Halloween night on Strictly. And Dan Walker, who's a BBC presenter, who's also a follower of Jesus, decided he wanted to join in, but he didn't want to dress up in Halloween. And so he went as a lobster. He looks a bit silly, but he said, with my family, I celebrate, uh, we have a light party each year, and I couldn't go on TV dressed in Halloween, uh, and then because my children would say, what are you doing? We don't do that. You can look a bit silly, but it gave him great opportunity to tell people about what Jesus is about, and Jesus is about light, and he's about love. And we have a confident hope in the message that we've got to bring. So why should we be confident? Well, number one, because Jesus says, what does Jesus say? The next slide along. Right, could, would anybody like to read this verse for me? I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one can come to the Father except through me. Amazing. So Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. When we're talking about Jesus, he, he's the truth. We're carrying something that is true, that is real. So we don't need to be scared because what we've got is true and it brings life. What's the next one along? We can be confident because God is with us. I think some of you might know a song about this one. Who wants to read that verse? Do you want to read it? This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or... Discouraged. Discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amazing. Well done. So if you're going into school and you're worried, you can remember that. Be strong and courageous. Because God's with you wherever you go. So that's why we can have confidence. We can have confidence because our identity is in Jesus. We're his children. We are adopted into his family and we have his name. Who'd like to read this last verse for me? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That old life is gone. A new life has begun. Amazing. We're new people. We've got a new life. So we can have confidence because he is the way. We can have confidence because he is with us. And we can have confidence because we bear his name. We're his children. That's the name that we carry. Now, I've got some pictures here. The next slide. Hmm. Does anyone know what group of people I might be about to talk about? You might have done it in school, especially if you're in the juniors, I reckon. 
The Romans. The Romans, that's right. The Romans were super organized people. They had a great education system, a great government system, a great uh, army. And look, we can see there how organized they were with all of their shields. They built the Roman roads that were very straight. They were very organized types of people. And there's a man in the Bible who had great confidence to speak to these Romans about Jesus. And he probably felt a little bit silly because he was talking to these people that were all educated and knew what they were talking about. And he was talking to them about a carpenter who said that he was a prophet and that he was the son of God. They might have thought he was a little bit crazy, but he had a lot of confidence. So um, yes, now is a great time to wheel in those boards. What I need you to do, children, is I need you to roughly divide into two even teams. So we've got one on this side and one on this side. So if I can have a group here, and if I can have a group here, and none in the middle. Uh, young people, it, yeah, that'd be great. They're hiding me. Okay, great. So now you have committed to this side, people. Yeah? You guys, you're just purely on this side. You guys, I think we might need some young people to help these guys. Also, um, Bethan, I think you're helping this team. Fabulous. Now, wait where you are. Any children that are sat here, I really need you to join in as well. That'd be fab. Now, hidden around, please don't go yet are 11 pieces of paper on this side and 11 pieces of paper on this side. If you're in this team, you stay this side. Which side do you stay? Awesome. And if you're on this team, which side do you stay? Brilliant. Now, just to clarify, block F, there's nothing in, so you don't need to go there to avoid any confusion. When you've got your piece of paper... You can bring it to Katie, if you're on this side, or Bethan, if you're on this side, and you need to see if you can put it in order. If we're struggling a bit, we can get the Bible out, but let's try if we can make it without it. Okay, which team are going to win first? On your marks, get set, go! Okay, if we could try to keep to just one each, please. Just one each so that everyone gets a chance. So if you've got one, you can come and sit down by your boards. And don't look for any more, please, so that everyone's got a chance. Okay, now you need to help your team try and put them in an order. Um, come on, team, you can support and you can call out and suggest. You can join in. This is team one. <laughs> you can encourage and tell them maybe what to, to put next. Okay, team this side, adults, you can join in. This is all age, not just for children. So maybe they might need some help. What's the first verse, um, the first word? 
Have you got the first word? No, we've not got the first one here. Have we got a reference? Okay, awesome. We've got a bit of adult help on this side, so I think we can have an adult down here. Okay, could we have an adult from this side that's willing to come and help? Phil, our biblical scholar, could you um, come and help this side? Yeah, 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 come and help. That would be great. We've got a few adults over here. We've got two different techniques. Okay, guys, if you could start to get some of yours on the board so the rest of your team could see what you're doing, that would be fab. I'm just going to... Who's going to win? Is it team one? Or is it team two? Team one? Or is it team two? There's, a, there's quite a lot of adults involved in team two. <laughs> oh, I think they've done it. Yay! Okay, keep going, team two. I think team one might have won, but keep going. Well done. You can take a seat where you are and bask in the glory of winning. <laughs> okay, let's see how we've got on then. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Okay, so this one, what have we got here, team two? For I am not ashamed of the gospel that brings salvation... That's true, it does. Because it is the power of God to everyone who believes. Romans 1 verse 16. Do we think it's right? Yeah. Okay, let's read this one. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1 verse 16. Yay! Okay, well done, team one. I think team two, we can... Um, yeah. Great. Okay. So it says, I'm not ashamed of the good news of the gospel because it's the power of God to bring salvation to everyone who believes. He knew that even though he was talking to these super educated people, they needed to know because we all need to know about Jesus. So, do you know what adults sometimes do? Although I actually think the young people are better at this as well. Sometimes when you're in a talk, you need to make notes, right? Because maybe you've struggled to follow along or you're so good what you're hearing that you need to write notes so that you remember it. I want you to do some notes, but they're going to be doodle notes, all right? So are you ready for that? Okay, so what I want you to do in a moment is that you can get a piece of paper and you're going to draw 
those lines on your page. Can you see? One across, two down. So you've got six boxes. And in a minute, we're going to talk about six pictures that you can draw in. You don't need to write any words. You can just draw. All right? So, Bethan, could you pass those pieces of paper around? Now, there's one thing I really believe about all-age services. And this is my secret about them. We think it's all for the children. And it's not. Um, and, and, and genuinely, I think different people engage with talks differently. And so if you do, you know, it's helpful for you to write notes or to doodle on your notes or to come and get a piece of paper off Bethan, please do. It might be helpful for you as well. Okay, so we're getting those lines drawn well done. Just one pen each will be great. Okay, let's sit back with a piece of paper in front of us. Brilliant. Now, we, if we want to be confident in the good news of Jesus, we need to know it. You say that someone's a confident swimmer, If they can swim well, a confident reader, if they can read well, we need to be confident in knowing what is God's big story. This is one example of how you could explain the good news of Jesus. There are quite a few out there, um, but I think this one's helpful. Number one, we've got a picture coming up of a heart. So in your first box, you could draw a heart. You choose which one's your first box, I don't mind. God loves us. He created the world because he loves us so much. He created it lovingly and so creatively because he wanted to be in relationship with us. He wanted to know us. That's what he wanted when he made his world. He loves us. But people walked away from God. We've got a person running away there. You might have heard of the story of of Adam and Eve where they made a choice to not go Jesus' way anymore. Sometimes we call that sin. Sometimes we call it brokenness. But it's making our own choice instead of God's choice. And this has happened more and more and more that we've separated as a world so far away from God that so many people don't know God anymore. But God, so we should have the artistic skills are quite high here, so um, got good concentration levels on the running man. The next one along, but Jesus came. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his only son, to die on a cross to take away our sins and clear away back so that we could know God forever. He cleared away so that we could have a relationship with him, which is what he wanted in the very beginning. So a love heart, a running man, and a cross. God has always been active in the world. From the moment he breathed it into being and created, he has been active 
It is not true that there's only God in the New Testament, that we should forget about the Old Testament God. He has been active all the way through the Old Testament, sending Jesus through the stories of the New Testament, and he's active today. He's active in our world, so you can draw a world. And when we say sorry for what we've done and he forgives us, the good news doesn't end there. It's not just a sin fixer. He wants us to partner with him to bring his kingdom to earth. We can help other people. We can care. We can pray for them. We can put God back in the center of things, center of the world. He gives us power. I got a battery there. There's a limited symbols that you can use on Microsoft. He gives us power by the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If you've got the Holy Spirit in your life, you've got power. And he's going to help you partner with him to put his love back in the center of everything. And finally, one day, imagine a beautiful Garden of Eden a tree, a beautiful garden, one day everything will be made right again. And so when we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, it's because one day everything will be made right. And as God's people, we're on a mission to partner with God in making that happen. This is the most amazing story. It's a story, it's a love story where God tells us how much he loves us and what he did for us. But it's also a story that gives us purpose, that doesn't put us in the center of everything, but puts God in the center of everything once again. It gives us confidence that we have a purpose. I know I was often told the gospel when I first went to university, and it was all about... um, fixing our sin, which don't get me wrong, I think it's really important that we address the fact that we are sinful and broken without God. And yes, he absolutely forgives us, but there's so much more to the good news about transforming this world to have life and the fact that we can play a part in that too. It says in Ephesians 2, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, when God prepared in advance for us, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, children, I know you're still doing your amazing drawings. Can I see your beautiful faces just for one moment? Because I've got something that you're going to be doing next. You can carry on doing what you're doing. Okay, there we go. I like seeing your beautiful faces. Um, so that's God's big story that you're drawing at the moment. But we all have a little story as well that's about how God's changed our lives. And so there might be a way in your life that you've seen God move, God bring you life. So I've got a few examples here that you might be able to relate to. Okay, who's ever had a headache before? Yeah? Okay, so maybe your story could be, I used to get headaches lots. But my friends prayed for me, and now I don't get headaches anymore. I know God's active in the world, and that he can heal us. That's a little story you could tell your friends. 
Or how about this one? Who struggles to go to sleep? I think there's a lot of adults in the room as well. Yeah? Struggle to go to sleep. Maybe you could say, I struggled to go to sleep, but then my mum put on a worship song, and now I know God's peace. That could be a little story that you could tell your friends, because I'm sure that some people struggle with sleep. Or how about this one? Who sometimes feels scared when they're going to go to school or work or somewhere? Who sometimes feels a bit scared? Yeah, it can be a bit like that. Well, maybe you could remember that Bible verse that God's with you wherever you go. And you could tell people, I used to be worried, but I'm not anymore because I know that God's with me. These are little stories that are part of God's big story that we can share. Now, you've got beautiful drawings and I've got something more for you guys to do. So just look at the screen a minute. There we go. What I'd love you to do is have a think about God's story and your story. So there's a little activity that you can do. And Sarah's at the back and she's got those sheets. So if you could pick up the things that you've got and go over there, you can either carry on doing your amazing drawings or you can do this sheet that Sarah's got out there for you. Okay, so we've talked about what God's big story is, that he loves us, that we walked away from him, that he sent Jesus to die for us, to make a way back, to be in relationship with him, that he's active in the world, and that he partners with us to uh, see his love back in the center of everything again, that he gives us power. But just knowing God's big story is quite hard to explain to other people. And that's why I just said to the children, go away and think of one little thing that you've seen God change. Because it's really likely that their friends also struggle with sleep, or struggle with being worried, or struggle with headaches. They'll be able to relate to that. It's the same for us, isn't it? I think if I'm honest, I felt like I didn't have a personal story to share. I, uh, I think some of this was slightly influenced by some of the songs from the 90s. We uh, sang one by Kevin Prosh earlier. It's not that one, don't worry. But um, I think I, I had a line that was going around my head that Mikey found the song to, and it was on a Soul Survivor 95 album. So the next one along, I think that I used to sing things like, I remember the day when he first called my name. I don't remember the day that Jesus first called my name. I felt false by singing that. I found Jesus. I don't think I ever lost Jesus. Um, Or more recently, you called my name and I ran out of the grave. I I don't know that. I certainly don't remember that. I don't remember a time when there was this big life changing moment where I was totally walking away from God and then suddenly I had a dramatic conversion experience and then I was walking towards him and I felt like I couldn't share my faith because of that. I think I'd been led to believe that my testimony was possibly worthless 
Um, I think that's mostly through what I'd believed rather than what people had told me. But what I realized was that there are so many times in my life where I've chosen to put me at the center of things and to walk away from what God's best is. And there's many stories of where I've walked in a place that have been dead and haven't brought me life. And I need to walk in a place where God's way is. For example, when I was 17... I um, was thinking about which university to go to, and I went on a, a, a mission trip to South Africa, and I was feeling like the right place for me to go was Sheffield, but my sister was at Sheffield, and as probably all younger sisters, younger sisters can relate to, you definitely don't go to the place that your sister's at, because you need to be pioneering and cool or something. So I, didn't, I, I really didn't want to go. Um, but we were in this little church in the middle of South Africa, and we sat down, and as we sat down, I noticed that all the PA equipment was a brand from Sheffield, and it said Sheffield everywhere in the middle of South Africa. I thought, okay, God, maybe I do need to go to Sheffield. But as I came home, a lot of people uh, at college said to me, no, you need to go to the very best place that does geography, or, or one of the best places. And so I thought, yeah, okay, I'll go to the place that, a place that's really good that does my course. And I went, and really looking back now, I can think it was so obvious that God was telling me to go one way. But I believed what the world thought was better. And it wasn't obviously bad. It wasn't like this really obviously bad thing. But I chose that way instead. And I struggled with stress and anxiety. I struggled with my eating. It wasn't good. And in the end, I dropped out. And I um, then did transfer to Sheffield. And I didn't have problems with my eating anymore. I had joy. I wasn't stressed. And the thing is, I think probably on the first or second day of my course, I met someone who was low, who was struggling with their eating. And I was able to say... I understand. And even though I'd chosen probably not the best route, it had given me a way to be able to speak and invite this um, other student to church. And she met Jesus. I don't know where she is now. But I know that my bad choice, or maybe the wrong choice, made an open way for me to be able to uh, explain to someone else what a difference Jesus' way makes. There will be stories for all of us where we've put ourselves in the center and actually we know the way of life and the way of light is putting God in the center because God transforms our lives. Whether you've known Jesus from being tiny or you've met him for the first time in old age, he changes our lives every day. But God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we are dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. He gives us life every day when we look to him and choose his way. So we can have confidence because of who God is, because he is the way, because he is with us, because he changes our identity and makes us into a new creation. Because, but also because the good news, the gospel, gives us a purpose. And 
It transforms and it changes lives. We have a reason to be confident. We might feel scared or ashamed, but what we carry is light and it is life to those around us. We know that this value is probably our most aspirational in terms of our values. It's probably the one that we maybe in some areas do well, but in other areas haven't done so well. And so we want to put a stake in the ground and say, we are a people that are confident in the transforming power of the good news of Jesus. We want the good news to be central to everything that we do. It is the power of God to bring salvation, redemption, and restoration to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. Because of the gospel, we've discovered the joy of knowing Jesus, and we cannot keep it to ourselves. As individuals, we share the good news when the opportunity arises, and in all we do together, we look to create opportunities for others to discover the joy of knowing Jesus and his power to transform their lives. There are things um, that we can do that are good, but we want everything that we do to have God at the centre. And um, actually, it's a really good example this weekend because uh, some of the girls were on a Brownie and Guide camp this weekend, and their leader is the most wonderful woman and so serving of the community. She is the best possible Christian that I know, but she doesn't know Jesus. And I think that we can be a people that do lots of great things, but if we don't speak about Jesus... We're not different. We're not salty. And so we need to put Jesus back in the center of things. And I know we've not always been great at that. And so we're reorientating some of the decisions we're making. And so over the next few weeks and months, these are the kind of things that we're going to be doing. Now, this week, um, on the 1st of November, we've actually got... It's not all on the 1st, but we've got three Alpha courses starting in the next week or two. We've got one in person, we've got one online, and we've got one in Bitten Park. Three different alpha courses with people already signed up to all of them. We want to put alpha back in the center of what we're doing. It's not too late to invite someone. Please do come and chat to me or to Dan or to Grace as well if you would like to know more about that. On the 11th of November, we've got Phil Knox coming to speak at our away day. He is passionate about evangelism and mission and friendship. And so we want to refocus on what that looks like for each of us. On the 12th of November, Theo will be launching our Pray for Five initiative, where we'll be praying for the people that are around us, that they would come to know Jesus, or that we would have the courage to make an invitation, just like our young people are so good at. Now, we're going to slightly change the way that we're doing things at Christmas. I know that maybe some of our Christmas events have sometimes felt like we don't know what they're going to be like. We don't know how predictable they're going to be. So sometimes it feels like, do I invite my friend to that? What sort of person do I invite to that? So I'm going to be really clear. 
on the 10th of December, on a Sunday morning, we're going to have an all-age family nativity service. It's going to be the one where children can dress up in their costumes, where they can join in. It's going to be great if you've got grandchildren, bring them along. If you've got families that are friends, bring them along. There'll be a clear gospel message. We'll be inviting the families at Hope School. That is a family meeting. It's not just for children, though. It's good for all of us to be family together. Everyone's invited to that in the morning of the 10th. On the 17th of December, we will be having a more traditional carol service, and that will be uh, Mikey and the band doing carols and worship. It will be Bible verses. It will be a gospel talk. Children are welcome, but it won't be aimed at children. It will be a more adult service, something that you can invite your colleagues to or your neighbours to. Um, We're trying to keep it as simple as possible, where the quality is high, but it's simple. So that's what we're doing. So it's quite clear which, which kind of ones you can invite your friends to. So confidence. We are confident in the power of the gospel to transform lives. And we want to put it back in the center of all that we do as a new community.